Vikings versus Colts, GMG in the Raw. GMG in the Raw Vikings Colt Edition. And joining me today on my right is the great Flip Mozzie. Joining me on the left is the wonderful and fantastic bass ripper, the Drewster. <laughs> now, <laughs> before we start, let's talk about this wonderful 28 to 11 <sighs> beatdown. As a good friend of the show, Mr. Luke Braun, who does Locked On Vikings and now Locked On the NFL, said this has to be one of the biggest coaching failures in Vikings history. I can't disagree with you at all, Luke. Also, <coughs> as we was reported, Anthony Kramer reports that Kirk Cousins was 11 for 26 with three interceptions and had a passing rating of 15.9. That is the fourth lowest since the merger in 1970. <laughs> so, that should give you a hint of how today's game went. But first, Drew, let's look at those long gray locks. Still there. No hair, no haircut for me today. And if you missed it, I was the looking forward to it too. Drew, was, another week with this horrible mop on my head. Drew was going to have his head shaved if the Vikings won, but he's got that mop. Flip, how are you doing this afternoon? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, it was a good week. It was not a good Sunday morning. I'll tell you that. So we got a lot of break to break down here. Uh, I might just have to let you and Drew do the talking because you know they say. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, I was hoping you would do the talking. <laughs> well, and you are, you know, Mr. Positivity. So that's mm, interesting. I'm Mr. Pessimistic. You forgot to announce me like that this week. I didn't want to insult you because uh, you are more mere Mr. Realistic yeah. this week. I'm trying get, to get flipping there. Let's get bring up okay all team. of our comments and reactions. Here we go. <laughs> First comments of <laughs> the game, or of the show, from the one and only Mr. Ted Glover. Four-win team, tank for Trevor. <laughs> oh, man, Ted is not happy. <laughs> and Ted was also wondering if Flip got so mad he left. Flip... <laughs> Tell us what you thought of the game. Oh, I, you know, last week we were here. Drew told me I was too critical of the offense. Uh, I'd love to hear what, what Drew has to say now. We we come out, we, we get a field goal on the first drive, and then we we just disappear. Our offense goes further than that Josh Freeman pass went against the Giants. Just didn't see the Vikings offense come into orbit at all 
in the course of this football game. Uh, I think it starts at the top. I think you have to look at Mike Zimmer. You have to look at Kirk Cousins. You have to look at Gary Kubiak here when you're looking at this game because while the execution wasn't there, there was also just a sense of complacency, apathy. I don't I don't know what you want to call it. I, I at least want to see if we're playing like crap. I want to see an argument on the sidelines. I want to see somebody who isn't tolerant of this bullshit, complacent, lackadaisical attitude. Every time the Vikings offense goes three and out or gets off the field, it's, oh, oh it's we'll be okay, we'll be okay. No, you, you're not okay. So do <clears throat> something about it. Change it up. Come out with a better strategy. I just I can't tell from that game what the plan was. It didn't look like they had a plan. It looked like they were scared and they didn't intend to attack the Colts defense in any way. Can I, can I ask you guys a question? Is the Colts defense good? Today they look good. <laughs> I I didn't think so, especially with uh, Yassine out. Um, their best corner was out. Their secondary was ripe for the picking. And did we attack it? Not at all. And that, to me, that, that blows my mind. When the opposing team gives you an opening, you exploit it. Today, when the opposing team gave you an opening, you tried to run the ball ineffectively or you didn't throw it well, and you obviously didn't attack it. To me... As I was telling Drew, this is not rocket science. It's coaching, football coaching. You look for the openings and you go for it. You motivate your players to go for it. Now, was there execution issues? Yes. Is part of that on the players? Yes. But is part of that also on the coaches? Yes. You get your team ready. Obviously, psychologically, they're not. Which makes me wonder the, you know, uh, conspiracy theory in me. Are they purposely trying to tank for Trevor? Or is this that Zimmer, Spielman, and company is washed? They've had their chance. They've had their run. They did, you know, up to so well, but they're maxed out. And now they're on the downside of that hill. And is it time for the Wilfs to realize, yes, you wanted a nice, stable coaching system like in Pittsburgh, but is it time to cut bait and run? That is my question. Drew? Well, certainly the first eight quarters of football for the Minnesota Vikings in 2020, what quite possibly may be the worst eight to start any season in history. Uh, what I saw today wasn't much better than what I saw last week in terms of intensity uh, guys being fired up out there to play. The offense was, and yes, I did say that to Flip last week about the offense, but in 18 minutes of possession time, we managed to put up somehow 34 points. That was kind of where I was coming from. At least they got something on the board. Today, I don't even have the words. I don't have the, When we got that first drive, we had 60 yards on the first drive, and we got down to the five. I was watching it. And my wife said, here we go. Up the middle, up the middle, incomplete field goal. And she called it. As, you know, she wasn't really going out on a limb. But the next <laughs> four drives after that were 20 yards total. That's five yards a drive. They, they, they 
put themselves out of that game in the second quarter by having such a lousy offense. What is the play calling has there, there's no doesn't seem like there's much imagination on the play calling. There's no jump in anybody's step. The O line is still bad. And Zimmer said that was going to be fixed back in February. I know we've had some injuries, but Kirk Cousins is you know what? Joe Burrow is already better than Kirk Cousins from what I saw last Monday night. And Viking fans, you could rip me to pieces, but I saw a guy a guy that had some jump in his step and looked like I don't I don't I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I see with Cousins. It's just like the passes are a yard behind. We're getting incomplete. They're intercepted. We run the ball for no gain. The offense just you're sitting there watching it, waiting for the punt. There's no there's no aggressiveness. I think flip is the word he used there. With no attack, was that the word? There, there, there was no attack. There, there wasn't. And then something that I wanted to bring up was, you know, Bud Grant said many times, many times that football, football teams are all good. And it usually comes down to three or four plays a game or a handful of plays. That's what Bud used to say. Makes sense. There's a here's what the Viking here's a play that puts the Vikings of how they're playing right now. I don't know how it's going to get next week, but the first two games, this is a play that describes it. The Vikings punt. They down the punt at the five yard line. Now, starting at the five yard line limits Rivers a little bit. There, we might get a turnover. We might get a three and out in a short field. Instead, we have a penalty on the punt. We have a penalty, so we re-punt, and they start at the 35. That's a difference of 30 yards from the 5 to the 35. Now, I know that's a play a lot of fans say, well, Drew, that play doesn't matter. That's, nobody cares about that. Yeah, I think you need to look at plays like that. It's it's a gathering of plays like that that turns into a fucked-up game. When you keep having plays of, of making mistakes like that, they add up. And to me, that was a big play. I know it's not a big touchdown or a bomb or necessarily in football terms a big play, but for me it was because you have them at the five-yard. And, and I don't know. Just just like last week, they're right. They needed to make some big play at some time. They're just not doing it. And the body language is shit. I don't. There's, there's, shit. No, there's no. There's, there's nobody. There's nobody revving anybody up or anybody getting. It, it's. I don't know what's going on. But you talk about scraping to need a win for next week. I don't even I don't I don't see how we can beat anybody right now. We look like the worst team in football. Titans are two and zero and coming to town. It's um. Let me let me throw this out there too. Remember we talked about time of possession last week. Forty one minutes for the Packers. They had it thirty eight. Yeah. So they improved. <laughs> <laughs> So so let's uh, let's start with the offense. I always like to start with the offense, and that's because in this modern era of the NFL, how your offense performs tends to outweigh how your defense performs. You look at the offense coming into this game, you're looking internally saying, you know what, Adam Thielen, he's proven that he can handle a wide receiver one workload. You think, let's go back to the rollouts. Let's get Irv Smith involved. That makes sense until you look at the Colts' defense. And when you look at the Colts' defense, you, you, you have to adjust your game plan to attack them. More wide receivers on the field. Spread them out. Why are you throwing it to Kyle Rudolph on a, on a streak in your own end zone? No. Spread them off. Get the Colts' DBs onto the field. Take advantage of those matchups, or at least try to. 
Instead, there's there's no variability of who we're passing to. We're either passing to the tight ends or everything's going to Adam Thielen. And that's not how you attack the Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion. I'm just a fan. But whatever they tried doing, it didn't work. Right. Well, without a doubt, like I said, the weakest point of the Colts' defense was their secondary. And did we attack them, go put them on islands, or go deep? Nope. No. You know, and when we did, the ball was behind and intercepted. But no, we kept trying to feed the run, especially when down, you know, when it was down to 28 to 3. Why? Why? The, the, I, the just Vikings, ask me why. I, I, the Vikings just, over. Makes no they sense. almost look like they, they form the same game plan for every team. That's what it, it looked it, like. It, the reason why they run 28 3 is because it's over at that point, David. Uh, and I, that's another thing I try to bring up is look, Score, field position matters when you're offensive, when you're calling offensive plays. And we've seen the Vikings go into the shell. People act like this is some new offense we're seeing in 2020. No, you can look at the Bears game last year. You can look at both Packers games. You can look at the San Francisco 49ers game. This offense disappears. It's inconsistent. And it started this year at hopefully the worst case scenario. But it's not something we haven't seen before. Right. But I disagree with you with this. You know, the game may be over. At 28-3, to the game may be over. But me, who's coached, obviously not at the NFL level, at that point in time, I'm still going to try to find something that works. And I'm going to try something to build confidence in my players for the next week. I'm still going to experiment and not hit my head against the wall you know, using the same old stuff that didn't work. And to me, I don't see Zimmer and Kubiak making those adjustments to do just that, to see what works, to change stuff up. You know, BC oh. caught a couple passes late, but why wasn't he involved early? Uh, Irv Smith. <clears throat> he was. It, he was. It went through his hands. It got intercepted. All right. Well, well that was one. And there was Dave, Dave, but Dave, there's just, something we've talked about. We, we've talked about this. There's game planning, but you also got a game plan for your opponent. Every opponent's different. Everybody has different weapons. Everybody right. has a different scheme. Well, not everybody's different, but there's different players on every team, and they have tendencies, and you find the mismatches. You find the weaknesses. The Vikings seem like they just formulate the same game plan every week and then use it against whoever they're playing. And that You can't do that. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not there in the coaches' meeting, but they, they didn't. Flip just gave him a bunch of valid reasons of they didn't seem like they attacked the Indianapolis Colts this way, the right way. So are they game planning for a team or just making a game plan? And by the way, where did you coach? With the Tiger Cats up in Hamilton? No, where no. were you, baby? It was in high school. <laughs> high school, high school level coaching. Either yeah. way, the offense, this, this offense, man, just looks so sluggish and, and horrible at times. It's like... No. Nobody's going to wake them up. They've got to wake themselves up. we got to start looking at who is actually going to be able to do that. We're asking more from Kirk Cousins, and he's not giving giving us a performance we need. And if you think the game is one in the trenches, the Vikings don't win that match either. Here, Here's a key play is you think about how the Vikings offense has been sacked for a safety in both games this year. Well, Separate from the punt you mentioned, Drew, is we actually had another good punt on the Colts in that first half 
where we pinned them inside the four, I think it was on the four yard line. The Colts come out first and 10, they get a seven yard run right away. And all of a sudden they're at the 12 yard line. They have more space. They can operate their offense. Well, the Vikings can't do that. They can't, they can't run the ball when the other team knows they want to run it. Right. The Colts could do that today. We couldn't. So when you start saying try new things, they tried everything. They either need a a way to get Dalvin Cook involved, maybe on some wider on some screens or running back receiver routes, you know, out in the flat, get him going, or they gotta open up Kirk's arsenal and start start trusting BC Johnson and Justin Jefferson more, even though they didn't have the best performances today. Well, I noticed from the onset from the first quarter, that first drive, they ran more play-action rollouts in that first drive than they ran all of last week. So I know that's what they were trying to do is get Kirk out on the perimeter. But, you know, either the guy was covered or, you know, the first drive looked pretty decent. I had a lot of hope thinking, you know, at least they're mixing up some plays. And But it just all, that's it. They, they, they game plan for one drive, and then the next four looked like a high school team. Yeah, but it's the first walk, drive yeah. stalled when they got close and they – Ran up the middle, ran up the middle, ran up the middle, field goal. They get inside their own 10. They get pinned inside their own 10, and they have no idea what to do. And then they get down to the other opponent's 10-yard line, and they have no idea what to do. And that's when they're not throwing interceptions on the way from one one end zone to the other. So, Look, it's bad right now. It's it's worse than we've seen in quite some time. Our Uh, favorite watcher, Snarlix B. writes, writes, woof. Maybe we re- they realize that Cousins isn't the answer. Tank for Trevor. Let's see. When we had safety in the first half, I was like, damn, we're going to lose. No kidding. Yeah, and that's the, that's the toughest part about being a Vikings fan right now is the second it's a two-score game. Right. We felt we've lost. And I don't. I, I'm not saying two score. It could be a 14 point game, or it could be a nine point game. But to expect this team to come back from double dip from two scores is. Cowboys just did it. We didn't. That's well, just, Cowboys won that game. Cowboys won that game. Dude, they were like 29 to 10 down. They got a quarterback who can lead them back. <laughs> and a defense that apparently got off the field in the second half. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so frustrating. And I know being lifelong Vikings fans like we ha- have been, it is just so frustrating. Yeah, the Colts were in second and three all fucking day. When and, you're in and, second and three, oh you're not going to get stopped when you're in second and three. Vikings were in second and 12 all day. And, you know, cause, mm. you know the, look at the negative plays. Who, I mean, the Colts had a few, but more, majority of not, they were throwing that, 81, 81, I don't know his name, but he had like 40 catches today. Moali Cox, put him on a safety or linebacker. And and, and they wanted that matchup. Mm-hmm. They, they During the week, Frank Reich and the Colts went into the game plan room. They said, let's scheme up ways to get this tight end onto the linebackers and the safeties of the Minnesota Vikings. And then so they, we're going to attack that. So they game planned against the Vikings. Right, right. They looked at the Vikings' strengths and weaknesses, and they went at it. Well, meanwhile, we're, we can't stop an interior run. Last <laughs> week, 
We let <laughs> Green Bay pass for 450 yards against us. This week, we let Indy run for 150 <laughs> yards. So we can't stop pass. We can't stop the run. We don't know how teams want to attack us. There's nothing to adjust to. You're, you haven't prepared your players to right. play at their highest level to execute and bring home a W. What do you think when uh, Anthony Barr went out with a shoulder injury? Uh, Eric Wilson's my least favorite player on this defense, so I won't say too much about that. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Drew Samia's performance? Uh, I did not notice him being noticeably worse than Pat Elfline. So he did get trucked over twice for. Uh, well, Pat Elfline would have too. Would have so. too. Yeah, it's, there's not much difference there. The offensive line is is nothing special. It's not. It's not any better than it was at the end of last year. Nothing special. It's bad. Eric Eric Wilson can't tackle. Holton Hill can't tackle. Mike Hughes, sometimes he tackles, but he misses contain a bunch. So we can't tackle. We can't. We don't have the interior defenders to clean things up better for Eric Kendricks. We don't generate a pass rush. I guess Ngakwe got his strip sack today, but that was the only time I think we hit Phillip Rivers. So, I think other, other than all that, though, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Harris goes performance. It's, it's frustrating. Just, it is bad. It you is. run, you run three of the worst plays you could possibly imagine on offense, and you're watching the game, and then the Vikings punt, and then the Colts go play action, 19 yard square out on the first play, and I always look at the TV and go, why can't we do that? I mean, what the fuck is so hard about us doing that? Holy we ran, holy. we ran minus two, then we ran a, a screen pass that was incomplete because it was over his head, and then we threw a tipped pass that wasn't even going to be a first down anyway. Those were our three plays. Like, and the and the penalties by the youngsters were oh. brutal, killer, killer. It's, it's just it's, where do you go from here? What do you do? Tennessee coming to town next week? Is that what Flip said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy! I, I asked you a lot last week. I said, how many games is it going to take for them to get this right? I said four in the toilet. Then week five was going to be good. Was going to my that was my prediction. When has Hunter that, come back, has that changed? No, I'm thinking more six in the toilet. But I'm going to stick with my original. <laughs> I'm going to think. I'm going to think uh, week five. When I who's after Tennessee? Houston. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm going to. I'm going to. I think that was the game I said we were going to win. Was Houston. I think we. I think they said that was a that was when we were going to come out of the shell and actually play better and pull a win out. I thought it was going to be three to four weeks of adjustments with this defense. I mean, we gave up two hundred less yards than we did last week. And like I said in the pre the pre show this week, we went from if we go from five twenty two to giving up four fifty, at least that's better. I think today they're what three forty. They gave up. Uh, it's a good question. I haven't looked. Still a lot better than five twenty two. So the defense. <laughs> Did show improvement, and that's what I was asking for. I wanted to see improvement. I mean, it wasn't stellar play yeah. by any means, but overall it was better except for the time of possession. So at least the defense showed me that they can improve, and if they could do that next week get a little closer than week four, I think they'll maybe gel a little better and maybe the continuity will be there. But I'm not, I'm not looking at the next two weeks as being anything. From what I've seen, the first two weeks of the season, 
I don't see how I, – I don't, I don't know how you could pick the Vikings to win either of the next two games. Or at least Tennessee. All right. Tennessee! Drew, Drew, do you realize who we play after those two games? Hold on. Let me get my Everclear. <laughs> at, okay. At, after we host the Titans. Right. We go to Houston and we play the Texans, their stadium, and then Sunday night football Seattle. in Seattle. Mm. Yeah, we look we look posed ready to play them right now, don't we? Okay. So at that point we could be <laughs> what? Oh and five? Oh man, Bimmer's Zimmer's got a world he's got to do. He's got to get this team ready to play some big games. Who's after Who's after the Seahawks? Atlanta, who and Atlanta's put up 500 yards in both of their games so far this year. Yeah, yeah but Atlanta. So maybe they'll cool off, but Atlanta might break Clemson's record against Citadel. Atlanta's gonna man. Atlanta, their offense is better. Figure it out. They're gonna get rolled heavy in that game, Vikings. Atlanta's offense is definitely for real, but at least I got a few weeks to try to. How about you, Dave? When do you? How long do you think it takes until we get the first win of the season? It could be Atlanta. So week six. <laughs> it could be. I don't see us the way we're playing. I don't see us beating anybody. Hard to argue that. Can't argue that. I, I so, literally don't. Now the so, question to me is, Spielman and Zimmer got their extensions. At what point does the Wilfs say, screw that? And, and to me, gonna, it's both of them. It's not just Zimmer not and the coaching. It's also Spielman and his players because uh, he's the one. That does, you got to be like, really? I yeah. would think. The way, Rip them the way, up. Get them out of here. Yeah, but yeah, but look at how much leash that, that Zimmer and Spielman have gotten the last whatever. I mean, they I don't have think, never had this leash. I don't think we cannot Wolf, compare this leash to other leash. If they're if they're zero and five, you think you think Wolf might make a move on it? They they've never even been zero and two during the Mike Zimmer era. These are new lows, and I think the Wolfs, if they're the good owners that we see them be, they they listen to the fans. And the fans will start getting angry about this. Yeah, and I think when it comes to a coaching change, you can almost sense it, even though we're not in the room as fans. When there's just the body language is like it is, and it seems like the team's given up, that's when coaches are out the door instantly. They were uh, they were on the fence during the playoffs last year. There's a difference of a hot seat and then looking like the team's given up on you. So yeah. if it got to that stage, I would certainly expect a, a change to be made. But they are they don't look like anything like a football team right now they look totally uninspired so i don't i don't know and I don't well know if I, the team gave up on zimmer and crew it's just they're not executing and zimmer is not doing whatever's necessary to make them execute it to me I don't, I don't see the team disrespecting coach zimmer and saying screw it we're not executing. what is kubiak's plan just not happening what is his plan flip what the fuck is kubiak's offensive strategy I think you need a better offensive line to excel at what Gary Kubiak wants to do right now. And you need a quarterback who's going to be a little bit calmer when 
when things are asked of him. So it's not like we have the players to do it. We're just kind of jumbled right now. We're going to figure it out. That sounds like we don't have the horses to do it. And no, it's just well, be a constant struggle every week, just like it was today. Yeah, you know, I, I was saying all off season, this is about the veterans. The first half, the first four to eight weeks of this season are about the veterans, not the young guys. Not the young guys. It's about Kirk Cousins. It's about Adam Thielen. It's about Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill taking a step forward. It's about Dalvin Cook leading the league in in yards, in all-purpose yards. It's those types of things we need from the players that we know are great. Yes. And we're not getting that. So I can't sit here and like realistically criticize a Drew Samia or a Justin Jefferson, or Irv Smith Jr., because those are the young guys. They're still learning. It's obviously going to take them more than two games. But the veterans, they got to bring it. Right. Week one, minute one, the second that whistle blows, they got to be the ones who are opening things up for Irv Smith, who are making things easier for their pass game. Dalvin Cook, they should they should just say, "Hey Riley, we're running your direction. You're the you're the most dependable offensive lineman. You're the veteran presence. We got to lean on you. We got to lean on those types of guys." What 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 about I want to go back to something you intro the show with. What about when things are off obviously frustrating and off the rails and you go to the sidelines and there's no emotion? That that concerns me, Flip. It does. I, There's nobody yelling, nobody getting all, nobody doing anything. Like they don't like it. That concerns me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that's what you said at the beginning of the show. And it kind of stuck in my head. And I want to bring it back up. By by the fourth three and out, and you've gained twenty yards on four drives. Like there's no emotion of somebody trying to. I don't know. Is it just me? I'm not noticing it, or what? No, it's it's preseason atmosphere. Maybe maybe they're affected by the lack of crap a stadium noise but that's a bullshit excuse but if you look at the sideline we're down we're down what 18 to 3 and you look at the sideline and it's like they're just you know it's like a preseason game getting with the coaches maybe we can do this differently everything's going to be okay just we'll figure it out we'll figure it out no you're not figuring it out so it's time to like show some urgency and i i don't know who that comes from because Mike Zimmer's trying to be patient with his younger team. Mm-hmm. Gary Kubiak's up in the booth. Uh, you know, now, Mike Zimmer used to, I mean, we've seen him curse out his defense when things aren't going right, but I'm not seeing him do that anymore. Uh, you know, do you, do you want Dalvin Cook to speak up? Do you want Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr to start saying, look, this is unacceptable? Well, my, my, my point is, is when, nobody says, both sides. when nobody says anything, that's my concern. Who is like, it? One, one guy's looking at the other guy going, shrug, shrugging his shoulders going, you fucking say something. I don't know what to say anymore. Like the player's like, I don't know. Somebody, you talk about emotion, Drew. I couldn't stand watching the Cowboys in my youth because their Hall of Fame coach was would stand there and show no emotion whatsoever, right? 
And he was the first to use uh, analytics looking for tendencies. Now, I love Bud Grant, who's known as Old Stony Face. But at least you get some emotion. You know, I'm my last name's Stefano, being Italian. Football's an emotional sport. You get loud. You get in people's faces. And I just don't see that anymore. And I think that would help. On a different subject, Drew, and this is just a pet peeve of mine. It has nothing to do with the game. Drew, or Flip, mentioned the stadium noise. The guy who ran the Colts stadium noise did a much better job than the guy who ran the Vikings stadium noise last week, who is the epitome of not caring and doesn't have emotion. Anyways, well, there we go. That's the reason it was tw- we, we lost right there. <laughs> At least for the broadcast. Shit. What it's the just... hell is a... First off, I want to know what epitome is. Yeah. Second, it... What's epitome? And then secondly, I want to know... I want to say it doesn't matter what the crowd noise does. doesn't matter what the crowd noise was. I think Xavier Rhodes is a very happy... <laughs> Indianapolis Colt today. Ro- were roads closed today? <laughs> yeah, two, two, two things to add on. Bud Grant never used to get loud because all he had to do was give you the Grant look, uh-huh. and you're probably going to leave town. <laughs> Secondly, that those Vikings teams were policed by Marshall and Page and Eller. The locker room policed those teams. Bud Grant didn't have to say a fucking word. If the Vikings played shitty, all handled in the house. So Bud Grant didn't need to get all psycho on it. That wasn't his style anyway, but right. yeah, a different and, era. And, different. and there's, there's multiple different coaching styles. So I'm not saying that I need to see Mike Zimmer or or there's many there's a lot of different locker room cultures too. I'm not saying that Mike Zimmer needs to have a different style or that the locker room culture needs to be a certain way. All I'm saying is that the current style and the current culture is not resulting in wins. Pull the hat and the face shield off, put it on the ground and stomp on it and let us all see it and go, that's what we want to see out of our coach. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it won't work, but hey, at least he tried. Right. I mean, woo! woo! This team needs, this team. This is what happens when you go out and you draft 11 college team captains. Uh-huh. And you put them on the field on Sunday. Everybody's too nice. Everybody wants to say the right thing. Right. No. With, Not working. With that, and this has been just so wonderful and pleasant. Any last words there, Flip? What are you looking forward to this week? Um, I think that we we talked about how this even though it's just 0-2, we haven't seen enough to have any confidence in winning next week or winning the week after that. I am looking for more heat regarding Mike Zimmer. I still think Mike Zimmer is a very good coach, but we need to have the lens on him this week. And we need to start asking ourselves, what can we start getting out of these young players? Because the veterans are not getting it done. So everyone listening, Drew, David, let's just start seeing if we can find any room for optimism in those two things. Because I think Mike Zimmer will respond. He cares too much not to. And then it's time to see, you know, is it is it a Garrett Bradbury who's actually playing well? Um, is Irv Smith Jr. ready for a bigger role? Is BC Johnson, was he, was he making some plays outside of the 
screen that might say, hey, we can count on this guy. We got to start looking for our young guys to grow. Drew, final words? I really have nothing to add to that. That was really well said. You know what? The Viking, at this point, this week, nobody's going to think we're going to win this game. Vikings need, this is the need, circle the wagons, get their shit together in the locker room and say, you know what, let's go out and punch Tennessee in the fucking mouth and win this game. Then we can start our season. I think you got to look at it from that standpoint, plus everything Flip just said. But come on, you got to win it. You got to win this game. Absolutely. You got to figure out a way. Absolutely. With that, we're going to wrap this show up. Obviously, you can continue to vent on Facebook, Twitter, whatever your favorite social media of choice is. I'm sure we'll all continue to do that. But look forward to this week. We'll have more content available. And as always, Skull Vikings, let's win that game. Skull Vikes, stay safe, y'all. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.